Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of the Destroy the Stumps podcast. Haven't done one in a while, but we'll do one now. Thank you very much for your time, guys. Hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world. Hope you're all safe and enjoying the podcast and enjoying all the cricketing action that's going on. Thanks for everyone for giving me support on my live stream as well. Had some really good numbers this week. Uh, 80, the engagement's gone up to 80. 162 listeners now uh, from the time I've started my live stream. So you had quite a few interactions. Had my first two people call in on the show and talk to me. One was a bit awkward. She was a nice girl. Seemed like a nice lady from Iran. Yeah, Iran. A person from Iran listening to a sports live stream. How about that? <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, she was listening lovely girl um but uh she was speaking persian i think or whatever it was and i, I couldn't understand maybe she was swearing at me okay she was, maybe she was swearing at me maybe she wasn't i don't know what she was saying but nice girl um also had a guy from india who said he lives in barbuda uh, he goes over to barbuda and uh, lives there as well but mainly lives in arunachal pradesh sorry in andhra pradesh in the southern part of india uh, watches cricket. He was watching. Um, yeah, just talking about uh, the climate in India and saying that I should come over to India. Uh, that's where the, to the northern part of India. I'm sorry to the southern part of India to check it out because I've been mainly in the north for most of my time. But yeah, we'll definitely check out the south one day. I don't know if I like it, but let's see. But anyways, um, yeah, but it's a. Got a lot of culture over there, so let's see what happens. Uh, seems like an interesting part of India. Yeah, sorry, just line cut out a bit there. So yeah, um, seems like an interesting part of India, the southern part. So definitely want to check it out one day and see what it's about. Anyways, without further ado, let's just get stuck into reviewing this second test. Uh, second of two test matches between Australia and the West Indies. West Indies not really good in the first match, especially with the bat. Very few highlights, but the bowling, Shamar Joseph was excellent on debut. Getting a fly for also getting a wicket with his first ball. Very talented fast bowler. Out-and-out uh, -out strike bowler, bowls some sheer pace. Looks like a good athlete and seems like a team player. And also scored some runs with the bat as well, so pretty handy player to have in your team. Looks like a pure athlete, really. I think he's from Guyana. Or Berbice or something. But, uh, yeah, Shamar Joseph, very impressive in that first test. And, um, yeah, the West Indies will be looking to improve a lot more on this performance. No one's expecting them to win this test match. No one's expecting them to win a test, to be honest. Uh, there's, uh, it's a fairly inexperienced team. Um, most of these players are like on, they're on debut or they're in their second test matches. And, um, or they're just playing played only a few matches, very few experienced players. Uh, Craig Brathwaite, Tej Naran Chandapur, um, Joshua De Silva, Ozara Joseph and Kimar Roach have a bit of experience. The others are just kind of new to international cricket, so let's see what happens with them. But uh, I reckon they'll get better with time, with more exposure. I reckon they'll get better. And, um, yeah, look, the only thing from the West Indies cricket fans' perspective, they wanted to... At least, you know, just think that um, at least the team put up a fight, show some promise, and they're trying to build with the build for the future. Desmond Haynes, uh, the chief selector for the West Indies Cricket Board, he was criticised a lot for um, selecting a young team. Uh, yes, they were undermanned, of course. A few of their main players were playing in the T20 leagues around the world, like the Bangladesh Premier League, the South African T20, 
Uh, they had Dubai League in the UAE and uh, I think also in the Big Bash there were a few. No, not in the Big Bash. And, um, yeah, playing T20 leagues around the world. And also the Pakistan Super League is going to start soon. So, yeah, they, um, they were getting Chris. They were Chris. Um, so they're going to get ready for T20 leagues around the world and um, weren't available. So, yeah, definitely an undermanned young squad. And uh, not not anyone expected them to win. They got rolled over by... Uh, they lost by 10 wickets in the first game. Bit of a thrashing inside three days. And um, this was a day-night test, uh, a pink ball test at the Gabba. So, yeah, Gabba, Australia do have a strong record at the Gabba in Brisbane. And... Um, only lost once in the last 10, 20, maybe 20, 30 years at the Gabba. And that was India who won in, 20, in, 2000, in 2021. Famous victory over Risha Pant scored the winning runs in a chase. Absolutely beautiful performance from him. And that young Indian team against the odds with a lot of injuries, missing a lot of their main players, pulling off a special victory. And also... Um, also, uh, yeah, the West Indies. Um, yeah, so the West Indies, no one really gave them a chance to win this one. Australia defending World Test Champions. Uh, just with that India win as well, uh, Washington Sunder, Shadul Tarkov played vital roles. Chiteshwar Badara played a vital role in that game as well. And the likes of Shubman Gill, Ajinkya Rahane was excellent with the captaincy. So, yeah, they had quite a few injuries throughout the tour, missing a few players, and uh, just a second string young team. Over there in India, as a in back in 2021 in Australia. So yeah, Virat Kohli left after the first test because he was his uh, wife was expecting a baby, and um, I think Muhammad Shami was injured after the first test. Um, he injured his arm due to a bouncer from Pat Cummins. I think it was a bouncer from Pat Cummins or Josh Hazelwood and broke his forearm, so he was missing the rest of the test. And a few players made their debuts in that series as well. So. Very interesting series, that one. West Indies, um, yeah, undermanned. Uh, and also, a few words said by former Australian fast bowler Rodney Hogg saying they're hopeless and pathetic. And um, if history says anything, you really don't want to roll up the West Indies and say something like that. Uh, Tony Gregg, the late Tony Gregg, one of the best commentators you'll ever hear. And a former England captain, one of the great, uh, the greatest all-rounders to ever play the game in Tony Gregg. He did say he was England captain in the late, 90, late 1970s. Said that he'll make the West Indies grovel. Um, West Indies took it as a racist remark. It wasn't a racist one. It was just saying he'll make them uh, bow down. And as a uh, Tony Gregg was born in South Africa. At that time, it was apartheid. So, yeah, the West Indies players didn't take it too too well. And, uh, yeah, they beat the crap out of England in that series uh, with bounces in the fast bowling, injured a few batsmen as well, and then also uh, absolutely demolished England. The team got inspired by that. Uh, Clive Lloyd, I think, said, you don't have to say anything. Uh, old man on the TV has just already said that. He, I think they put a newspaper clippings on their room to motivate them. Uh, would the West Indies use this uh, as uh, these words by Rodney Hogg? as means of motivation to pull off uh, a victory against the odds and possibly one of the greatest upsets ever in Test Match Cricket history? You bet, yeah, they would. Against the odds, the West Indies pulled it off. And one of the best Test Matches you'll see, an all-time classic, 
After 27 years, the last time the West Indies won a Test match in Australia was back in 1997 uh, at the Wacker in Perth, where Brian Lara scored 100 in that game. And I think Kurt Ambrose picked up a couple of wickets as well. He picked up a five or something. He was excellent in that game. So, yeah, Brian Lara, Kurt Ambrose, uh, Jimmy Adams, who I think is the batting coach at the moment uh, of the West Indies team, and um, Kurt Ambrose, as I and Courtney Walsh, uh, those guys were playing. So it's been quite some time. Haven't won a test match in Australia in a very long time. They haven't won a match in Australia since 2013, I think, or 2000. 14. They won a T20 back then. They haven't won a test against Australia since 2004, uh, 2003 overall. They haven't won a test match in, since 2003 against Australia, home or, or away. Uh, that was when uh, Shivnaran Chandapal and Ramanaresh Sawan played beautifully in that world record run chase. Just going to see that one. Australia tour of West Indies back in 2003 because that was after the World Cup, if I remember correctly. Australia were just beautiful in that series. Um, yeah, so that game, yeah, they pulled that chase off at St. John's. A world record chase of 418. Uh, Shivna And Ramnaresh Sawan scoring excellent hundreds. And Brian Lara getting a half century. Amari Banks scoring a couple of runs there to guide Australia, uh, the West Indies, to a memorable victory against the odds. Stuart McGill got hammered. Well, Shane Wan was out for a year due to the drug ban. But uh, yeah, it's the last couple of months of Steve Waugh's career. No Ricky pointing even that last test. How about that? But yeah. Um, yeah, so Shivanar on Chandapur was brilliant. That was uh, back in St. John's in 2000. What was this? In Antigua. So yeah, back in 2003. Just after the World Cup as well. Not too far after that. So yeah, quite some time between drinks for the West Indies in Test Match Cricket uh, in Test Match Cricket against the Aussies. So yeah, and they haven't won, a, 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 they haven't won an ODI or a T20 against Australia. Any format, test ODIs, T20 since 2013 against Australia, uh, where they won a T20, a one-off T20 against Australia. Johnson Charles played beautifully in that game, but they haven't. They had a really bad record in recent times. Um, in all three formats against Australia in Australia, so yeah, no one's really expecting them, and they pulled it off against the odds. Inexperienced team. Uh, fairly inexperienced team, fairly young team. Uh, coming again, probably on the toughest, one of the toughest places to, places to tour in the world in Australia against the World Test champions, and they pull off uh, an upset for the ages. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, they were in, and also they batted first in this game. So get this, um, uh, 
They won the toss, selected a bat first. There was a forecast of rain and thunderstorms, but um, it did happen, but it didn't really affect the game that much. Um, so the West Indies... Batting first... Uh, were in serious trouble at 5 4, 64, uh, 64 for 5 after Justin Graves departed um, after 25.2 overs. However, a brilliant partnership between Joshua De Silva and Kevin Hodge. Kevin Hodge in his second test match was absolutely brilliant. 71 off 194 balls, 8 fours, 1 6 at a strike out of 36.59. And Joshua De Silva, 79 off 157 balls, 7 fours, no sixes, a strike out of 50.31. Both of them put on a superb partnership uh, in tough circumstances to get the West Indies to a decent enough total uh, that they could definitely uh, bowl to. So yeah, uh, that partnership was worth, how much was that partnership worth? 147 for the sixth wicket, 147 run partnership, turned out to be a match winning partnership in the end and a vital partnership. Uh, also Kevin Sinclair on test debut scored 50, um, made in a half century in his first innings, he was very impressive with Batting, uh, just to you know, like, a, like the old test match style of batting, just really batting time, grinding hard, and working hard for their runs, just putting a lot of value on their wickets. And it worked, the approach worked. A few starts, a few of the batsmen were known, but a few of them didn't carry on. Um, Kevin Sinclair was absolutely outstanding 50 of 98 balls on his debut, 5 fours, 1 6 at a stroke out of 51.02. Kevin Morge getting his first uh, his maiden test match 50. He was very good. It was a bit of a funny character, Kevin Hodge. Um, I mean, uh, he was commentating with the, the stump lady who was just looking after the stumps. And then uh, was talking through the stump mic saying, uh, third umpire to to direct or something. Uh, we've got a dismiss problem for like the missing bail or something. Some funny commentary. Seems like a character, funny guy to have. Uh, 30 years of age from Dominica. Awesome offs, left unorthodox spin as well. Yeah, so he'd be a pretty handy player to have. Um, but yeah, that's his um, first test match 50, and what a time to score. Brilliant innings from him, the young man. Absolutely brilliant from the young man. He plays for Windward Islands, and he's played for the St. Lucia Zooks. Really good stuff from Kevin Hodge. Uh, Joshua De Silva scoring some tough runs under pressure, and he did it again. He's just eight runs away now from a milestone of a thousand Test runs. He's an excellent gloveman, honestly. Um, really good with the gloves. He took some excellent catches, and he was brilliant behind the stumps. Um, yeah, he was brilliant behind the stumps and saved some runs. Um, saved plenty of runs and took some excellent catches and scored scored a beautiful half century under pressure. That was his fourth Test match half century uh, to go along with 100. So brilliant stuff from him. And uh, Kevin Sinclair has made in Test match half century. So brilliant stuff from those guys. And um, 
Osario Jasta providing some value, valuable hitting at the end. 32 off 22 balls, 7 fours, no sixes, at a strike rate of uh, 145.45. Here's the thing in that test, right, in this match. So, Alzari Joseph, um, Kevin Sinclair, so the last eight, numbers 8 to not, uh, eight to 11, providing valuable runs and contributions. Uh, 94 runs contributed by the number uh, numbers 8 to 11, so that really made a difference in the end. In the end, the West Indies were bowled off for 311 in their, in their first innings. Uh, of 108 overs, batting at a, going at a run rate of 2.87 runs and over. Eight extras conceded by uh, the Australian bowlers, four leg bo- four buys, two no balls and two wides. Uh, Mitchell Stark, 4.82 off his 24 overs, three wickets for him, so three maidens for him. Economy rate of 3.41 runs and over. He was outstanding. Brilliant in this match. Um, so brilliant in this game. With a ball, he's brilliant in pink ball tests. Probably one of the best pink ball bowlers in the game. Uh, really great record and proved it once again. Also brought up for uh, 350 test wickets. Now he's just a couple behind um, the great Dennis Lilly. Now on the all-time Australian uh, test bowlers list for most wickets in test cricket. So really good stuff from him. His 20th. Test match four wicket haul to go along with fourteen fifers and two ten wicket match hauls. Really good career he's had over the years. He's had a superb career. Mitchell Clark, Mitchell Stark, brilliant stuff from him. And uh, Josh Hazelwood continues an excellent series. Uh, two for thirty eight off his twenty overs, six maiden overs. Climbing rate of one point nine zero runs and over. No wides and just bowled the one no ball. Pat Cummins is disappointing in this game. One for seventy six off his twenty three overs. One made Nova, Connie Murray, 3.30 runs and over. Bowled one wide, didn't bowl no ball. And Nathan Lyon, two for 81 off 28 overs. Three made Nova's, Connie Murray, 2.89 runs and over. Didn't bowl a wide or a no ball. So Australia then chase, uh, playing against... So Australia batting this, uh, in their first innings in reply were in serious trouble. They started off so badly. First over, they lost Steve Smith. Um, that experiment at the top was being questioned. Steve Smith in the first three innings that he's played hasn't scored that many runs. Well, he didn't have to chase much in that second innings, but he failed in um, in Adelaide, and yeah, it didn't really work here as well. So Kimai Roach getting him trapped LBW, moved across the crease. After playing two or three good deliveries in that over, two good deliveries in that over, hitting the two and then the four down, four down the ground and then a two, or two and a four down the ground, whatever it was. But yeah, he just struggled a bit. Uh, so he was looking good, but then he got out at the wrong time. Kimai Roach was outstanding. Three for 47 off his 11 overs. No maiden overs. Economy rate of 4.27 runs and over. Bowled one wide, didn't bowl no ball. He was outstanding with the ball. And um, uh, Alzari Joseph, four for 84 off his 14 overs. No maiden overs. Economy rate of six runs and over, a bit expensive. Bold one wide, bold five, no balls. Though that's the problem with Zara Joseph. He does bowl a lot, no balls. Shamar Joseph, one for 56 of his 11 overs. One made no over, climbing rate of 5.09 runs and over. No wides, no no balls bowled by him. The thing with Shamar Joseph, he can be expensive so he's a, because he's an out and out strike bowler. But damn, but goodness, he can cause some problems and pick up wickets and clusters. Um, and a wicket for Kevin Sinclair on debut, who was expensive but got rid of Osman Kwaja. One for 53 off eight overs, one made Nova, economy rate of 6.62 runs and over. 
didn't bowl a wide but bowled a no ball Kevin Sinclair he was a bit rusty early on but got the wicket of Kawaja in the end West Indies did concede 26 extras uh, 9 buys and 9 leg buys 6 no balls and 2 wides so a bit expensive with the extras Australia went at a good run rate they were in serious trouble though like I mentioned at uh, for, uh, 54 for 5 when Mitchell Marsh departed Alex Carey then played an excellent counter-attack innings. Usman Khawaja anchored innings beautifully. 75 of 131 balls, 10 fours, no sixes. Strike out of 57.25. Alex Carey, superb innings from him uh, under pressure. 65 of 49 balls, 9 fours and a six at a strike out of 132.65. And then Pat Cummins scoring his third test match half century. Brilliant knock from the captain under pressure. 64 not out of 73 balls, 8 fours, 1 six. Strike out of 87.67. Um, Alex Carey now that's his um, that's his 7th test match 50 he's got 100 to his name so good stuff from him and then Usman Khawaja that was his 26th test match 50 to go along with 1500s proven to be a really good player uh, Usman Khawaja late in his career um, and Pat Cummins With the bat there, that's his third test match 50. So really good stuff from the Aussie captain. Uh, that partnership between him, uh, between um, Usman Khawaja and Alex Carey was worth uh, 96 runs, which really really put Australia back on track. But um, they had a good partnership between Usman Khawaja and Pat Cummins for the eighth wicket, which was worth um, 81 runs. Australia to uh, reduce the lead a bit but in the end the damage was done and uh, Pat Commons decided to declare. It turned out to be a bit of a regrettable decision because um, a lot of uh, few people were questioning the decision to declare. Yes uh, they had the better conditions under light. If they got a couple of wickets they would have had the West Indies in some serious trouble. Um, got one wicket though. Um, That was on uh, day two, by the way, so... Yeah, the game was really flying at a quick rate, to be honest. At that stage, it was just something always happening. And then, um... Yeah, they got to 289 for nine, declaring with uh, giving the West Indies a lead of just about 20-odd runs, was it? Yeah, 22 runs. Proved to be a bit costly though, I reckon, because um, if you batted with Hazelwood, at least Pat Cummins would have probably just hit a few. Maybe got the, got a tiny lead, or maybe just got a reduced the lead a bit more. Would have every run would have made a difference at that stage. But regardless of conditions, but it is what it is. Now that decision turned out to be pretty costly in the end. Um, so just with Valzari Joseph, that's his second four wicket haul in his. So that's Elzai uh, Joseph's first four-wicket haul in his career. He's got one five-wicket haul, so yeah, still early, still hasn't quite excelled at Test match level consistently enough. But he's done he's done his part, to be honest. In patches, showing some promise.
Never any better. Down the order. And they're now just moving on to the West Indies innings. In the second innings, Karanik, uh, 22 run lead. Uh, Kurt McKenzie looked good, 41 or 50 balls. He was the top scorer, six fours, no sixes, and a strike rate of 82. A few starts for a few of the West Indies batsmen. Zara Joseph was dismissed for a four ball duck. Also, just back to the Australian innings, Travis Head was dismissed for a goal and duck. Caught behind of Kimo Roach, and Kimo Roach was on a hat-trick at that stage. He just tickled the ball down leg side. After an excellent 100 in the first game at home against um, the West Indies, he really helped them, helped Australia out under pressure. After a bit of a lean test series against uh, Pakistan, for the most part. So yeah, he got a golden duck. Uh, Travis Head getting a golden duck in the first innings and then Elzara Joseph getting out for a four ball duck in the West Indies second innings and uh, West Indies were bowled off 193 in 72.3 overs going at an economy rate of 2.66 runs and over stars with the ball for Australia were these two stars with the ball for Australia were these two guys uh, Josh Hazelwood 3 for 23 of 14 overs, 5 maiden overs, economy rate of 1.64 runs and over. No wides, no no balls bought by him. Neil's outstanding. Nathan Lyon, 3 for 42 off 22 overs, uh, 6 maiden overs, economy rate of 1.90 runs and over. Outstanding stuff from him. No wides, no no balls bought by him. He was absolutely amazing. And a wicket for Cameron Green, 1 for 37 off 10 overs, 2 maiden overs, economy rate of 3.70 runs and over. Doesn't bowl a wide or a no ball. And Mitchell Stark, 1 for 45 off his 14.3 overs. Three maiden overs, economy rate of 3.10 runs and over. Didn't bowl a wide, but bowled three no balls. Mitchell Stark. And uh, West Indies in reply. So Australia had to chase, um, sorry, Australia had to chase 216 to win. And the pink ball was a bit of cloud early in the morning, thunderstorms and rains overnight. But it looked like it was going to threaten the game, but they still managed to play. And it didn't affect the rest of the day then. Eventually, after the more extended first session uh, there was a bit of sunlight and the clouds did uh, the sky was a bit more clearer there was a few like there were the clouds were scattered a little bit but yeah that was, it was much better um, yeah, the sky looked a lot better than what it did in the first morning, uh, session of day 4 um, Australia overnight were 2 for 60 weren't they? Yeah, um, the, at the end of day 3 they were Two for six, 60 for 2 so 60 for 2 after 19 overs and yeah uh, looked good at that stage so Australia collapsed like a pack of cards a brilliant partnership between Steve Smith and Cameron Green which was worth uh, 100 and so 100, worth 71 runs and then once Cameron Green departed they fell they fell absolutely fell apart they went from 2 for 113 to 207 all out in monumental circumstances in the space of 20 overs so 112 113 for 2 after 30.4 overs then they were bowled out 207 and 50.5 overs 20.1 overs later they were bowled out it was an unbelievable collapse uh, Australia just really faltered Mitchell Marsh didn't have a good series against the West Indies he was great against Pakistan not so much here against the West Indies Travis said dismissed for a king pair Dismissed for a golden duck in the second innings as well. So he was dismissed for a king pair uh, in the test match. And, uh, yeah, they just really struggled. Steve Smith batted superbly. 
kind of quite critics a bit I'd have to say um, I was one of them to be honest I was questioning why he moved up the order when well, he's a brilliant number 4 batsman but uh, scored 91 off 146 balls remained not out carried his bat through the innings so, uh, 9 falls and a 6 struck out of 63.32 would have been a, he played superbly under tough circumstances and nearly carried the Australians home if he got that 100 if he got the winning runs and got a test match 100 that would have been uh, arguably one of the best innings of all time, I'd have to say. And Steve Smith's played some memorable innings in his career, but gee, that would have been a special innings if he did that. Um, not, it was brilliant. And um, yeah, the 15 extra, uh, bowled out for 207 and 50.5 overs. Going at a run rate of 4.07 runs an hour. So they'll bat in all right, going at a great run rate. Both innings they went at a great, uh, really good run rate, but they just kept losing wickets. Regular intervals. Uh, 15 extras considered by the Windies bowlers in the second innings. Three leg buys, three noble, so nine nobles and three wides. So they were a bit rusty. Um, it looked like they were going to be a bowler down because Shamar Joseph in fractured his toe. There was a bit of, I think it was a split in his toe, or like a, and there was blood after Mitchell Stark bowled it. Uh, got him out. He was the last by a batsman to be dismissed, Shamar Joseph, in the West Indies second innings. In the West Indies second innings. Um, he got hit really bad, really hard on the toe. It was a toe crash in Yorker, and he was in serious pain. Looked like he wasn't even going to bowl, and looked like he wasn't going to play a further part in the test match. But what did he do? He came back, showed some spirit in his second test match ever. Showed some spirit, came back and uh, bowled 10 overs on the trot before the dinner break on day four. Then bowled two or three overs after that. Uh, just bowled two overs after that, 1.5 overs after the dinner break. Continuously bowling overs with Alzari Joseph. Both of them bowled beautifully and helped the West Indies win a special test match. They were expensive, but they got the wickets. That's the main thing for the West Indies. They just kept getting wickets at regular intervals. That's what made the difference. Um, Shamar Joseph, amazing spell, beautiful Yorker to dismiss Travis Head. Fast searing Yorker at off stump, and he bowled a beauty to get rid of Josh Hazelwood, the last man to be dismissed. Coming around the wicket, hitting the top of off, sheer pace. He was cranking it up to 150, 100, consistently in the 140s for the most part, and um, just bowling superbly. Getting the ball to bounce, move, and seam a bit, getting a bit of swing as well, I think, but moving off the pitch. That was enough to try and bowling good lines and just uh, bowling some really tough deliveries to deal with. That was a spirited performance from him. Seven for 68 off 11.5 overs. No maiden overs. Economy rate of 5.74 runs and over. Didn't bowl a wide. Bowled three no balls. But gee, it was something special with a fractured toe. <coughs> basically hobbling for a good part of the match and not really given a chance to bowl. Uh, I think they had an injection or something or just gave him a bit of support and he just decided to bowl and he was absolutely superb. 7 for 68 off 11.5 overs, no maiden overs, economy rate of 5.74 runs and over. Didn't bowl a wide ball, 3 no balls. Yes, he was expensive but he picked up 7 wickets and destroyed the Australian um, Australian band lineup. And uh, the middle and lower order absolutely cleaned them up. It was an unbelievable spell from Shamar Joseph. Uh, 1 for 46 off 12 overs for uh, Justin Graves. No maiden overs. Quantum rate of 3.83 runs and over. Bold two wides. Bold, bold one no ball. Other than that, he was outstanding. Lazari Joseph uh, 
thought he didn't get Nathan Lyon. He dropped Nathan Lyon. Next ball, he got him. Uh, Nathan Lyon under-edged the ball to Joshua Silva, and he walked away. The umpires didn't even raise his finger. He just said to Osario Joseph and the West Indies, yes, he's walking, and that's it. Uh, after an extended appeal from the West Indies, bowlers, but uh, yeah, the umpire said, look, he's already gone. That was a good scene there, but then, um, yeah, th those guys were outstanding, and uh, Australia absolutely bottled it. Unbelievable stuff, and that was the first win the West Indies had against Australia in 27 years. The last time they won a test match was against Australia. In Australia, was back in 1997 at the Wacker in Perth. They haven't won a test match uh, against Australia since 2003, home or away. That was again. That was in St John's, chasing 418 to win a world record chase. Ramana Rasawan and Shivnuan Chandapur scoring excellent hundreds, backed up by a brilliant half century from uh, their captain and one of the great games greats in Brian Lara and um, Amari Bang scoring a handy 47 in that game. If I remember correctly, very handy 47 from Amari Banks, Ramesh Sawana and Shivnoy Chandler, the two Guyana batsmen doing a really good job. And Brian Lara, of course, the legend himself. And um, haven't won a test match, haven't won a match in Australia since 2013, any format. And they won that T20, uh, just a one-off T20. And uh, Johnson Charles scored a beautiful half-century in that game. Also, this is Australia's first ever loss in a day-night test match. So they've never lost a day-night test match, home or away. They won 11 uh, day-night test matches. And, yeah, this is their first ever loss in a day-night test match. And, um, yeah, second team to beat Australia at the Gabba in the last 10, 20 or 30 years, along with India, so back in 2021. So special victory for them. Also, uh, one fact about Shamar Joseph's spell... He becomes the fourth West Indies spinner, so West Indies bowler to pick up a seven for after Jerry Gomez back in 1952 in the losing cause. Andy Roberts picked up one in that ill-fated West Indies tour of 1975 uh, where they only won one test match and got smashed in the other four test matches. In that winning test match, the one they won at Perth, Andy Roberts picked up seven wickets and he was outstanding in that game. But the West Indies got hammered, and that young West Indies team, led by Clive Lloyd, they copped abuse from the crowd. Dennis Lilly and Jeff Thompson and the Australian uh, cricket team were just giving it to them. And they copped a barrage of bounces and brutal deliveries from Jeff Thompson and Dennis Lilly. It was a terrible experience, but it made them strong. And after that, well, one of the greatest cricketing reigns ever happened with West Indies dominating world cricket for in test matches especially the next 20 odd years and then back in 1993-1992 Kirtley Ambrose uh, in that amazing spell of 7 for 1 uh, he got 7 for 25 overall um, against Australia picking up uh, bowling one of the greatest spells ever in a test match, one of the most memorable absolutely dest destroyed the Australian batting lineup. and now Shamar Joseph picking up 7 wickets, outstanding stuff, West Indies win this test by eight runs, the barest of uh, very bare margins there. And uh, man of the match was Shamar Joseph, and play of the series was Shamar Joseph picking up 13 wickets and two five-wicket hauls in um, three in two test matches. 
absolutely beautiful uh, start to his Test match cricket career. Also, Craig Brathwaite in the press conference said that Rodney Rodney Hogg he remembered his words saying that they were hopeless and pathetic, and he didn't want to he, he wanted to show that they weren't pathetic, and shut him up and said, "Are these muscles big enough for him?" And uh, Craig Brathwaite, yeah, just giving a fitting response there. Shamar Joseph, um, yeah, the West Indies even when they won they they celebrated that Shamar Joseph ran to the boundary line and they celebrated together and there was a bit of noise there while they were celebrating saying Rodney Hogg probably sympathetic so they really took that word those words personally from Rodney Hogg and I think that motivated them hopefully hopefully for world cricket's sake well I mean you want them the West Indies back but you don't want them scary if you're an opposition fan but or a player but uh, maybe Rodney Hogg is just a um, ignited a fire there in the West Indies team and uh, this could really start something and they've silenced all the critics a lot of people did not back them uh, but uh, pretty much 99% of people did not back them to win this test, win a test match let alone even compete in this series everyone was expecting Australia to win all 5 test matches they won 3 against Pakistan won the first match against the West Indies they were expecting Australia to win all five test matches as world test champions, but um, West Indies had a lot of ideas. Uh, Marlis Lovashan had the leanest test match period in his uh, um, leanest uh, Australian home summer in his whole career. He's averaged 28 with the bat in the Australian summer, so that's uh, one of his leanest. That's probably a lean patch, and also he's out of form a bit. Um, also, Osman Quaj has been Australia's best batsman for a while. Steve Smith came in handy in the clutch situation, but just couldn't get over the line, unfortunately, and ran out of partners. Batted, carried his bat beautifully, batted beautifully, and kind of silenced the critics, I reckon, for the most part. Uh, about him being the opener. Uh, Australia do have two, two test matches at the, towards the end of February and early March against New Zealand in New Zealand. That'll be the first time they're touring New Zealand in... Um, over seven years they haven't toured New Zealand since 2016 so eight years now so it's been quite some time um, last time they went there they won 2-0 that was Brendan McCollum's last test series but uh, they won that 2-0 Brendan McCollum scored the fastest test century in that innings and Corey Anderson scored a 50 I think but they still lost the game unfortunately in New Zealand um, yeah so Australia the batting lineup looks a bit vulnerable and um, but the bowling's excellent, of course. But the batting looks a bit vulnerable uh, at the moment for Australia. So yeah, a few concerns there. Over the course of the summer, um, Usman Khawaja and probably David Warner in that Pakistan series. Mitchell Marsh was good in that Pakistan series, but for the most part, Australia really did struggle with the bat. But um, there were very few hearts with the bat, but the bowlers were outstanding, and fielders for the most part were okay. We're pretty good for Australia. Welcome better Pakistan, a lot better. West Indies didn't feel that well in the first test, but they fielded beautifully. Joshua De Silva was superb behind the stars. And also, um, Kevin... I think it was to get Marcus Lavashan. That was an absolutely beautiful catch. Flying, jumping, and uh, taking it in both hands and managing not to spill the ball because his elbows landed on the turf, but he managed not to do that. Uh, Shamar Joseph, what can you say? Superb debut from superb debut series. Man of the match, deservedly so, and player of the series. And ladies and gents, that's a wrap. Thank you very much for your time. 
West Indies pulling off a memorable eight-run victory, sorry, and uh, they'll be remembered forever, and probably one of the greatest upsets ever in Test cricket history. Thank you for your time, guys. Until next time, it's bye for now. We're out of here. Let's go. Just with Steve Smith, that's his. Um, he's now just uh, 366 runs away from milestone of 10,000 test runs, and that was his 41st test match 50 to go along with 3200s. Anyways, that's a wrap, guys. Shamar Joseph getting his second test match, five wicket haul in his second test match, second in two games, and uh, 13 wickets in his first two test matches. Brilliant stuff. Anyways, guys, thank you for your time. Stay safe. Until next time, it is bye for now, and we are out of here. Let's go.